You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast, Landon. This is our last episode before the Cowboys kick off preseason football. How excited are you? I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I'm tired, frankly, from all the traveling back and forth to Oxnard to give you guys the football content you deserve. But still, I'm, I'm tired. So I, I can only imagine how those guys feel because I'm not out there oh, practicing. Yeah, I'm imagine. just out there standing all day. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, so coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about some guys that we are interested in watching uh, on Saturday. Uh, I don't even remember. Who, who do the Cowboys play on Saturday? This is bad. San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Man, this is bad. But, um, <laughs> they, all these they, days they just run you, into one another. It's nuts. Well, it just shows you kind of how meaningless the preseason game is because we don't even. it doesn't even matter who they're playing against, right? Yeah. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, but we're going to talk about some players that we're excited to watch on Saturday night. Um, and I'll go ahead and start first. Uh, the guy that's kind of been the talk of camp, I saw the great – uh, Gil Brandt talked about him yesterday. Tony Pollard. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see first of all how much does he play because if he doesn't play a lot, it tells me that the Cowboys might have big plans for him early in the season and they don't want to kind of expose him to too much. Uh, and, and you know, frankly, he might be their insurance for Ezekiel Elliott if he doesn't show up to camp. But I'm looking for, forward to seeing how they use him if he's using the passing game. What type of routes? Um, just what are you expecting from Pollard on, on Saturday? Do you think we'll see him carry the ball a lot? Do you think we'll see him do punt or kick returns? I know he's been working as a punt returner over the last couple of days, and that's something fairly new for him. But what are your expectations for Tony Pollard? I'm really not sure. You know, I'm interested to hear myself because I think, you know, he's been taking a, all of, a good, healthy portion of the first team reps lately. So um, I don't know if that means that, you know, come game time, he's going to get a, a good. A portion of the snaps in the game as well. Um, you know they have a, a, a several running backs that I think they feel pretty good about. Um, so they, they don't they're not like obligated in order to get a good evaluation of, of, of to play him necessarily because they can still throw out you know Weber and um, Morris and Darius Jackson and Chun's been uh, showing mm-hmm. things and then if even if you needed to uh, you know you could go to your fullbacks like because I, I, Jamez Olawale has got some experience running the ball and I think he you know may do some things lined up as a running back at some point this year so. Uh, wait, it, wait, hold on really quickly. I, we got to talk about this because I forgot to no. mention this to you pre-show. <laughs> Jameis Olawale in practice on Wednesday caught a wheel route. Yeah. How excited did that make well, you? Well, I mean, again, like it shows you what, what, what they have in mind with this guy. Is that Look, and, and I heard from somebody else too, and this is, this is kind of what I had thought, but uh, some things, someone else saying it confirmed it, that uh, the talk on the team is that Mays is the fastest 220-plus player except for Ezekiel Elliott on the team. I mean, I believe it. Um, and, and I think if you see it on the on – the, see that, that kind of thing – you know, happen, it doesn't surprise you, right? Like, he's he really got up the field fast. So, uh, look, I mean, I think where he 
he isn't burying people as a fullback. Like, that's not his game. And I, I think that's where, uh, you know, the criticism comes in for Mays. But I think for all the mm-hmm. rest of the stuff, he does really well. Like, he is very versatile, and he's a weapon. I mean, he, he can really move. You don't want him with the ball in his hands. Uh, and and, and the, the, the truth of the matter is that you're putting your worst cover guy on him every time he's on the field, likely. I mean, you're not going to – Absolutely, I yeah, mean, because you're putting the other guy on Zeke and everyone else on the wide receivers and tight ends. So, uh, good luck. If uh, he gets if he gets open. All right, Landon, give me your next guy that you are excited to see uh, during the first preseason game. I want to see more of Michael Gallup. Um, I think. Mm, do you think he'll play a lot? I don't. I don't know. I mean, like that's the thing is, I, I don't really have a good feel for like these. That's the level of player that I'm not sure of. Right. The 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 second third year player who is a starter, who, you know, like the, uh, you know... I, I'm, like Connor Williams. Yeah, Connor Williams, example. Antoine Woods. Yeah. Is he playing? Like, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else. But, you know, like, I, I, those are the guys who I'm, I'm not... You know, guys who, who need reps in training camp, who, like, you wouldn't necessarily hold out of training camp practices for a minor injury like, you know, you would with Cooper. You know, like, Cooper's heel is, sure. I mean, sure. dude, I mean, come on. He could easily play. But they don't want, they don't need him, and they, they want to look at these other guys. I think Gallup is not, you know, one of those guys that they want to pull out of practice because he needs the reps, and I think that goes along with the game, too. But I will say this, that to me, I think... Uh, and I feel like I, I found my footing on last night on what it is about Gallup that I that is so great uh, is that he's turned his weakness into a strength. You know, last mm. year we talked mm. about how, and you know, you and I talked about on this show about like he how he needed to get better at finishing, right? Like that was his whole mm-hmm. thing is that he had to like he was there. The ball was showing up with uh, showing up at where he is, and he was showing up at the ball. Uh, but but you know he he struggled to finish to come down with the ball to to grip the ball to not double catch it or to you know not be able to, to finish in front of a defensive back, you know we wanted to see a little bit more of a my ball mentality with him, and I think that's we've seen that in spades out here. I, I think that that's he's turned that weakness into a strength for him. You see him running routes in the middle of the field, uh, and he's attacking the ball with his hands, going up and getting the ball, bringing it down. Uh, he's being very sure-handed. I mean, I think people are starting to talk about it now, but he's quietly been one of the best players out here on offense this whole camp. And that's really incredible because there's a lot of really talented players on offense. Yeah. But uh, I tweeted this out last night. Michael Gallup taking the next step for this Cowboys offense, becoming a more reliable receiver, it's just going to make them really hard to defend because he's going to see what on most weeks the second-best cornerback from a team without safety help. Um, and if he can dominate those guys, which I think it's not too unrealistic to expect that, the Cowboys are going to be really, well, really hard to stop. I mean, let's just t- let's just take it one step further and look ten thousand foot square uh, ten thousand square foot ten thousand foot view. <laughs> One of the best things about this camp has been the back and forth between the offense and the defense. Now, mm-hmm. it's been very much, you know, day this day this, this day this. Yesterday, the offense, I think, had a better day than the defense. I want to, I want you to keep in mind, this is the list of players that the offense is missing when this is happening, right? And and, and the defense, like, the defense... We could do the same thing for the defense, well, too. Well, we can, but here's the thing. The defense also rotates way more players, so they have more, they have more viable top-end players than, than the offense by by design, right? Because you, you're, sure. especially defensive line, you're rotating these guys. You're right, no one's Demarcus Lawrence, and, and maybe no one's Byron Jones, but they have really good defensive line depth and really good cornerback depth, correct? 
I mean, we would all agree that. Yep, so absolutely. Yep. They're missing Zach Martin. They're missing uh, uh, Cooper. Uh, <laughs> I'm already Cooper. Cooper. I'm starting to say gotcha. Cooper Cup. Uh, and, and Zeke Elliott. And, and those three guys who and are. Tyron in and out every once yeah, in a while. But you can, well, I'm t- I'm t- let's just take yesterday, right? And they, t- they had Tyron, but they were missing Cooper, Zeke, obviously, and, and uh, Zach, right? Absolutely. Despite missing those two, th- three guys who may be the, th- the three most talented guys on the offense, this d- offense carved up that defense yesterday. Hmm. So I-, mm-hmm. I think that shows you that guys like Dak and guys like Gallup and guys like, uh, I'm going to say it, man, Witten are playing better than they have been before. And I you know, I know Witten wasn't sure. here last year, and him being here is, is better than no Witten. But I, I'm, I mean, I'm here to say it like I think there's been whispers about it. I'm here to talk about it now. Witten looks like a different cat, man. Like, I mean, he, he's turned he's turned back the time. He's turned back the clock. Like, he looks – I think the year off has, like, gave him time to actually heal up from 15 years' worth of injury. But he also looks thinner and, like, more flexible. And, yeah, and it definitely looks And the usage yeah. is better. Like, I saw him catching a beautiful seam pass the other day. And I was like, where was this the last few years? So mm-hmm. – uh, and part of it was Dak's ability to put it there, which he put it right on him. So – I, I think those are some of the, these are all things to keep in mind is you know what this offense is looking like despite not having talent now we get to see it uh, against another team and so you know I think Gallup is a guy that obviously I want to see because of who he is I don't know if Cobb's going to play but all these down roster guys who I, I feel like we don't really know I mean you know Cobb's a new addition Gallup is a kind of a change of player I think there's these kind of down roster role players on the offense that you know we can name them individually but I think all of them are really fascinating for me just to see what they're like in game you know uh, Swain you know uh, not Swain mm-hmm. uh, Jarwin Jarwin uh, golly yeah. my brain is just like mush now you, you, you can't bring uh, it's okay yeah. it's, it's, been, Jar- it's been a lot two weeks Jarwin I think I mean, and even Schultz like I think when, when he gets in there these are all guys who I'm interested in because I think these guys are going to have roles in the a role in the offense uh, mm-hmm. but but we haven't we're not really sure where they are until we measure them kind of against another team yeah, a couple more skilled players I want to mention. John Vea Johnson, yeah. uh, the UDFA darling of camp so far. Uh, he's kind of worked his way up the depth chart. I'm just interested to see if he can continue that momentum into the games. We've seen this before where you know players will have an outstanding training camp, but once the, the games come on and the lights come on, uh, they struggle a little bit. I'm interested to see if John Vea Johnson can kind of keep up that momentum. Uh, Jalen Guyton's another one. Cedric Wilson. Man, Guyton uh, had a great be catch fun to... yesterday at camp. It was, um, yeah. I mean, they, they, they have not tailed. I mean, John Vea Johnson had a dip at the at that scrimmage, but that's it. Like, blue it, it, was, yep. it, was, it was very much a uh, – uh, uh, they have not tailed off yet at all, really. Which is going to be so much fun when we get to these preseason games because normally when we get to the, you know, third and fourth quarter of the first preseason games, you have guys out there that have absolutely no chance of ever making a roster in the NFL. Uh, on Saturday, we're going to probably see a, a pretty extended look at John Van Johnson and Jalen Guyton and Cedric Wilson, who was a fifth round pick a year ago, and uh, it, it's just it's a really really deep team at receiver. Uh, you mentioned Blake Jarwin. I'm interested to see Blake, uh, Dalton Schultz. Will he get a little, some more run uh, maybe with the second team? Um, let's talk about some offensive linemen really quickly before we move on. Yeah. Is there any? Is there anyone that you're really looking forward to watching? Because I'm sure we won't see most of the starters. Maybe a little bit of Connor Williams, 
No Connor McGovern as, as he's out with an injury. Uh, I'm looking at Brandon Knight and Mitch Hyatt, mm-hmm. the two UDFA tackles. Anyone interest you, Landon? Knight for sure. I, I'm. I don't know about Hyatt. I'm. I'm. I haven't loved. Right. I haven't loved Hyatt so far. Okay. Um, but Knight for sure, and uh, Adam Redman. Again, I, mm. we mentioned him before okay. the season. He's had a couple really good practices over the last few days as well. Um, I think those two guys specifically, to me, are the guys I'm, I'm going to be paying attention to as far as down roster offensive linemen. I agree. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you think we'll see like a Joe Looney play a lot in this game, or do you think they're going to kind of save him? I don't really know how they're – I mean, how are they not going to play Looney? I mean, they're going to probably Fleming's probably going to start at left tackle, right? You'll probably have Xavier Suafilo start at one of the guards. Looney's probably going to start at center. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah, you're going to have to probably play who else, him. Some. Who else plays center? I mean, Redmond can. Yeah. I mean, that's about that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, if you're going to be rotating guys, like I don't know how you're not playing Looney. Yeah, poor Looney. He goes from 16 game starter last year. To oh please, playing maybe he's loving it, dude. All he was out here yesterday against Tristan Hill. Uh, you know, <laughs> Tristan Hill was trying to bull rush him, and he the, while he was trying to bull rush him, and Looney was holding him up. He's like, "You can't do that to me. I'm too big. I'm too big." <laughs> it was uh, it's great. It's great. See, that's the kind of camp access that we don't get on Twitter. This is fantastic. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some defenders. Uh, I, I'm looking at the defensive line. It's the position that's the deepest. Uh, obviously, we're not going to see the likes of Demarcus Lawrence, Robert Quinn, uh, Tyrone Crawford. Uh, I doubt we'll see guys like Malik Collins or Antoine Woods, but that's okay. Uh, we've got a lot of interesting players. Tristan Hill, I'm sure, is going to play a ton in the first half of the game. Uh, but the guys I'm really l- looking forward to seeing are the down-the-roster defensive ends. Uh, Joe Jackson from Miami, Jalen Jelks. Daniel Wise, maybe we'll see a little bit. Maybe even some Kerry Hyder. Uh, which defensive lineman are you looking forward to watching, Landon? Yeah, I mean all those guys. Honestly, it's not it's not any one particular guy. I mean, I think Dorrance Armstrong, if he plays, I, I think. I mean, after, I mean after, after seeing him hit the face spin yesterday, I don't know what that kid can do. He's gonna he's gonna he may show out. Um, Is he a starter on this team by 2020? Yeah. I, well, like easily. I, I mean, well, I don't know what Randy Gregory's situation is, but assuming Gregory's not there, like it is. Uh, let me let me rephrase that. Is there a chance that he's good enough this year that the Cowboys don't even think about resigning Robert Quinn after the season? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. absolutely. And, and that's if that would were to happen, that would be that would be a huge thing for the Cowboys to find a starting level defensive end on day three, who is going to be cheap for the next three years. I mean, this is why I don't worry so much when people are saying that the Cowboys are going to have to invest this much money in their big three or whatever, is because they consistently find guys at the end of the draft, like Dorrance Armstrong, who you know they got for a late pick, and now he's going to start for two years and become a good player. All their expensive pieces will basically be signed at that point. Right, that's why. And and Dorrance Armstrong, let's, let's remember... Dorrance Armstrong is 22 years old, like like yeah, just, just turned, turned 22 turned. years old. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we've got him, and and he's on the rise, and like by I think by ne- if he increases as much or even 50 percent as much as he increased between year one and year two, between next year and and uh, this year and the next year, 
then yeah, I mean, not, he he's a starter and a good starter by by 2020. Yeah, this is one of my favorite things on Doran Armstrong. He is right now a full year younger than when Taco Charlton was drafted by the Cowboys. Just kind of think about that. A full year younger than when the Cowboys drafted Taco. Uh, Armstrong is going to be a fun guy to kind of watch for the Cowboys. Um, I want to talk about the linebackers a little bit. Uh, Jalen Smith and Sean Lee kind of made some noise yesterday when they were talking about Joe Thomas. They kind of just gushed their love for Thomas, saying that he should be a starting linebacker in the NFL. Uh, I'm interested to see him on uh, on Saturday. He got hurt last year, so we kind of didn't get to see him a ton during the season. Uh, I'm looking at some of those other down-the-roster guys with Chris Covington, Justin March, Lillard, Luke Gifford, who we've mentioned on the show. Uh, is there any one of those guys that you're looking forward to seeing? I'm sorry. you cut. I cut out for a second, but it's, I think we're talking about linebackers that we're looking forward yep. to, right? Um, yep. Yeah, so I think you know, Luke Gifford, if he can manage to, take his, if he can manage to tape his, uh, his fingers together and get out there and play, I mean, I, that, it'll be interesting to see him. All of these linebackers have been legit. Like, I, I heard, I mean, I'm just going to call it out because this is the most ridiculous thing. I, I, I heard Nick Eatman on one of the shows say that, like, you know, he was worried about the linebacker depth, and I, I thought it was the most ridiculous comment I've heard a professional person say about this team in a long time. Um, it, it, that's a lot because you do a podcast. I, I mean, that's right. Day. I know. And, well, I said professional, Mark. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. All right, go, go ahead. So, You're good. So, uh, <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's ridiculous, man. Like this, like any one of these guys, down to maybe the seventh and eighth guy, could be a starter for a lot of these teams. I mean, it, it, you're not lying. Joe You're Thomas, really not. Justin March, Lillard, like all of these guys have uh, uh, qualities that are incredible. That I think some other team could really get some use out of. And then you, then you, that now we're adding a guy like Luke Gifford. They didn't need any more talent here at linebacker, no. but it feels like they're getting more and more of it. So I, I'm just kind of, I, I have infinite faith in, in a lot of these guys. So I, I, I'm not, I'm excited to see them, but I don't. It's not, you know, it's, I don't need to see them. I think for me, the position that I'm most interested to watch is strong safety. Okay, like, let's go ahead and talk about those guys because there's a lot of those guys yeah, there. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I, there's a lot of these guys, and it's hard to kind of parse them because no one's allowed to tackle. And, you know, a lot of these guys like, you know, specifically Donovan Wilson and probably even, uh, you know, Iloka to a, to a certain degree, I think it's hard for them to kind of show out in practice situations because there's no physicality. You know, there's no mm-hmm. – it's all pop and the let go at the most. You're not really taking anyone to the ground. So uh, I think you, you put you, you put them in a little bit of a tackle situation and you see Donovan Wilson, you know, force a fumble and, and you know, that sort of thing. So I, I think that there is a, uh, a better platform for players like the running backs like we've talked about, but also like, you know, we, you know some of these linebackers, but, you know, more even more so I think strong safeties. That's This is really where – you're going to see these kind of box safeties at least show what their skill sets are that and how, how it w- will translate to the regular season because I think yeah, it's tougher for them as opposed to like the free safeties in the corners to kind of show what absolutely. they do. And look to see who is starting like on punt, or te- punt teams and kickoff teams because that's going to give you a pretty good clue as to who the Cowboys yeah. maybe like in, in those kind of roles. Um, I'm just going to quickly mention the cornerbacks – uh, there's a lot of them. I'm interested to see Mike Jackson. We talked about him on yesterday's show. Kind of up and down, but the ups are really, really good. Uh, Chris Westry, just I want to see how far along in his development he is. 
Uh, I want to see what it looks like when, when we get to games that, you know, when we're going against another opponent and the games start to matter, quote-unquote. Um, you know, I want to see I want to see some of these Donovan Alumba. I'd like to see Tristan DeCloud. I mean, they've just got a lot of depth at that position. I'm curious to see how those corners all play. Um, really quickly, before we leave, Landon, we, we talked about it yesterday. We should talk about it again today. The kicking battle with Brett Maher. I, he's the only place kicker on the roster, so I'm assuming he's going to get a lot of run on Saturday's game. Uh, what do you want to see from him on Saturday? Making kicks. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think, again, this is it's it's a preseason. I want to see the, the entirety of the preseason before I'm worried about this. Like, like I think the whole thing with stuff like this is that, you know, it's it's all, there are certain things that you should that you don't need to worry about until we get closer to the season because they are solvable almost instantly. I mean, I think the solution to this is going to, I mean, the solution. And the, that's the other thing is that you don't even know the solution is going to sign another kicker, right? And and mm. and, and and you know, and then seeing how that situation works out for this new kicker. Whether you do that now or you do that three weeks from now, I mean, it may make a difference in who you're signing, but honestly, the level of talent is not that different between who you're signing now and who you're signing then. Um, so I, 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 for, for me, I just want to see Mar go out there and kick in a game situation and kick in a couple game situations and, and just see if he's – just see if it's terrible because right now, I mean, honestly, the, the like we talked about, the the distance and the situation have been problematic. But he's kicking, he's making field goals at the same percentage that he was before. So uh, right. let, let's let's just see if he evens out, maybe he solves people. it. Right, and that's what I want to see more than anything. I, it's not even going to be the long kicks because we know he's got a strong leg. I want to see in situations if the Cowboys get a two minute drill at the end of the half. And they come down and they set up a 42-yard field goal. I want to see him make that kick. I, I want to see the confidence in him. I, I I don't want it to look shaky. I want it to just him to seem confident in those situations. Because, listen, let's be honest. The way the Cowboys play football, they're going to put themselves in a lot of close games. The, with the way they run the ball and the way they try to control the time possession, there's probably going to be 10 to 12 games this year that are decided by a field goal at the end. And whether or not Brett Maher makes the kick might decide if the Cowboys go to the playoffs or not. So just something to kind of monitor as we get into this preseason schedule. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy the game on Saturday. We will be back on Monday to break it all down, and we will see you guys then.